This is Delphi in Greece, and many people don't know this, but this is the birthplace of the Olympic Games. It started as like competitions in poetry and drama and the arts, but then it became athletic and it became a huge deal. On the journey up here, we saw some wreaths etched into stone and they were what was awarded to the winners of these games, the precursors to the Olympic rings that we know today. And right here on top of the mountains, they built this huge stadium for the competition. The writer of Hebrews gives us an encouraging metaphor. You know, following Jesus can be such a significant and difficult journey. Picture life as a stadium and all these people who've gone before you, they've lived the hard life of faith before you and now they're there experiencing God's presence and their reward. And, and like the runners thousands of years ago ran here to win because of the voice of the crowd, so we should run our race, the race marked out for us, knowing we too have that great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. Good to see you this morning. Thank you for being here in Plymouth. For those of you live streaming at our regionals, we're thrilled to have you here with us as well. And if you're a guest, welcome to Northridge. We're in the series called Origins, where we're going back to the context of where the Bible stories unfolded, and we're allowing the context to help us to understand the truth in a more impacting way. And interestingly, you won't find the city of Delphi mentioned in the Bible, and yet it has so much biblical rele relevance. As I, as I stood by that beautifully preserved stadium, once again what happened to me happens to so many who go to places that illustrate Bible truth. The Bible started just coming alive in new ways for me. It, standing there at that stadium in Delphi, breathed new life into a truth that I had known for a long time. And it's the truth that I want to really press in on all of us to consider this weekend. And here it is. Life is a race, and God has created us to run. I mean, that's why we're here. So many people wondering, what's the purpose of life? Why am I here? What's life about? Why is life so challenging? Why is it so difficult? Why is it so tough at times? Well, listen, life is a race. God makes that very clear. And God has created us to run. And running isn't always easy. Running isn't always convenient. Running comes with unbelievable challenges, but God has created us, empowered us to run. What I want to do is I want to read a couple of passages that create this, this truth for us in the Bible, read them in their entirety, and then through the course of the talk this weekend, I'll highlight some of the principles. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man just beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So right there, Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 is talking about what we now refer to as the Olympics, the modern-day Olympics. And it was created, this metaphor, out of the reality that they had games back then. And in the city of Delphi was one of the precursors to our modern-day Olympics. And that stadium is where they ran. And so the metaphor of that stadium really plays strong into our life spiritually today, if we let it. But before I get into the talk and begin highlighting the principles from those two passages, I just, I have to point out a powerful thing that God's done this weekend. And it's going to look like, like we planned it, that it was intentional, and that we're unbelievably smart in the things we do, but anyone who knows me well knows that we're not smart in all the things we do. And so this is something that God forged for us. This weekend, our entire focus in the services are is the spiritual concept of running. And it just happens to be the weekend of the Detroit Marathon that's being run this morning. And it just happens to be the first running of our Love Runs ministry uh, here in Detroit. It's a phenomenal deal. And so the, the talk is on running and right now, hundreds and hundreds of Northridge people are, are running in Love Runs, and you would think we were smart enough to plan this. We weren't. It happened by accident. God has a point. For those of you who are guests, Love Runs is a, is a new ministry here at Northridge Church off of one that's been going for a while with our Ridge Runners where they were running for World Vision and the work we're doing in Zambia, and that continues to go on. But Love Runs is specifically targeted this year to help provide the opportunity for freedom to those who are lost in human trafficking and slavery. And we think there's no greater emphasis that Christians can have than to seek to provide freedom for those who are in bondage, because isn't that what Christianity is about? Jesus came to give us freedom. And so I hope you'll be praying for them. They're running right now. And, and look, at I, I, I'm wearing the Love Runs shirt because I want to point out what they're doing and I want to highlight them. They're really proof that Love Runs. Uh, I'm just proof that Love Sits. And so uh, that's what I'll be doing this weekend. But the truth is that life itself is a race, which explains so much of what we experience. How come there are so many ups and how come there are so many downs? How come, how come we face so many challenges? How come it takes so much discipline and sacrifice? How come it's so often very uncomfortable? It's because life's a race. And God didn't create us to sit and watch it. God created us to run. But if we're going to fully live, and here's the application of the truth that I want to I want to press home and offer to you this weekend. If we're going to experience life as God designed it, if we're going to experience God's best in our lives, 
then we need to do what he created us to do. We need to run. But there are all kinds of ways that we can run. And so in the two passages I just read, God highlights principles for how we should run and what our running should include so that we can experience his best in our lives. And I think most of us here, whether we're really fully bought into the whole God concept and Bible concept yet or not, all of us want to experience life's best. There's only one way. We have to do what God created us to do. We have to run, but we have to run the right race. And I'm going to tell you, I, I've learned this in my own journey, and I've certainly learned this as a pastor dealing with tons of people in, in the course of my ministry, that, that most people on this planet, and if we're honest, most of us on a daily basis are running the wrong race, which is why we're not experiencing God's best, which is why we're not experiencing God's promises unfold in our life. We're, we're running the wrong race. But if we're going to experience His best, we need to run the right race. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. God says, let us run the race marked out for us. Not just any race, but let's run the race marked out for us. Again, Proverbs 16, 9. God points out the reality of most of our lives. It says, in his heart, a man plans his own course. And you know, that's what they call the, the, the track that people run on. It's a, it's a race course. They, they lay out a course to race. And and God says, you know, most of you, you're trying to determine your own course. You're trying to lay out your own course, you know. But, but that's not how it works. Proverbs 16, 9 goes on. It says, in his heart a man plans his own course, decides how he wants to run, the race he wants to run, where he wants to go. But it's the Lord that determines his steps. If we're going to experience God's best in our lives, if we're going to live life to its fullest, then we have to run the right race, the race that God has marked out for us, the course that God has laid out for us. And too many are running the wrong race. I mean, too many are trying to run, and I mean too many of us are trying to run the race that God's marked out for others to run. You know, every race course is different. Some has all flat, and some's with hills, and some goes through tunnels, and some goes over uh, bridges, and right now some of our people are probably on the Ambassador Bridge, <laughs> you know, running. Every course is different, and God has laid out a different course for every single one of us. But you know, we look at each other and we go, I want to run their course. I, I want to run the race they're running. And that's not how it works. If we're going to live life as God designed it for us, we have to run the race marked out for us, not the others, not the one others are running. God has a race, and I hope you'll listen to this very personally, designed just for you. He, he's, he's literally laid out a course that only you can run and only you can win. Only you have the right experiences to run that race. And only you have the right gifts to run that race. Only you have been given God's power to run that race. You, you, you can't run someone else's race. That will be a struggle. That will be a failure. But, but only you can run the race that God designed for you. And others can't run it. We only, we only have to compete not against others, but against the best version of ourselves. And yet, isn't it interesting? Every day we kind of get up and... We're competing with others. Well, I want to get ahead of them, and I want to get a strategic advantage over them, and I, I, I want what they have. I want to go where they want. I want the rewards they get. And, and the problem is that that's not how life is. The race that God's laid out for you is unique to you. 
and it's perfect for you. And I, I find that I have to pray through this a lot because I, I look at the life that other people get and quite often I, I wonder why God hasn't given me that kind of life. I, I'll give you an example. I have a very, very good friend in ministry who's been very, very, very successful as a, as a pastor and, and, and he gets to do it in Southern California. That's just, that's wrong. And I talk to God all the time about this. I, it's just not right. I mean, really? I, I, but here's the fact. I can try and be like that guy, and I can try and move to Hawaii and do ministry for Jesus, and someday I might actually do it, but, but that's not the race God laid out for me. God wants me here. And I would rather be in a place where the Wolverines lose to the Spartans than any other place in the world if this is where God wants me. And if you still have a problem believing in God, then you didn't watch that game yesterday. <laughs> Miracles happen. And I'm starting, to, I'm starting to debate whether or not I've really messed up in life because God must love them more. That's all I can say. Unbelievable. Congratulations to all of you Spartan fans. That is unbelievable. It's crazy. May you never win again. <clears throat> but, but we're supposed to be running a race that's unique to us because it's perfect for us. Stop trying to run someone else's race. Look what the psalmist says about each one of our lives. Psalm 139, 14. I praise you because I'm fearfully, uniquely, and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. If we're going to experience God's best, we have to run the right race, and the right race is the one that God's marked out for us, not for others. Let's stop comparing ourselves to others and start living the life and looking for the life that God's laid out for us. Now, there are some common elements in every race. Uh, some elements that every race shares. And it's true in every course that's laid out. Yes, yeah, some have hills and some have bridges and tunnels. But, but the truth is, in every one, you have to run. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there are some common realities. And the same is true with life as a race and how we were created to run. There are some common elements that are shared. And what's weird is I, as I look at what the common elements of our life's race should be, we often miss them. We try to make common the things that are uncommon and unique, and we try and make uncommon the things that should be common and should be shared. And so we mess it all up and turn it all upside down. So what are the common elements that should be in every one of our races? Well, the two passages that I already read share it pretty clearly, very pointedly. If we're going to truly be running the race that God's marked out for us, at the center of that race needs to be knowing Jesus period. Knowing Jesus is the one non-negotiable, absolutely essential focus of the race, or else we're not going to be running the race that God's marked out for us. And if we're not running the race that God's marked out for us, we're going to be always missing something, always longing for something more, never experiencing what God designed for us. Because you can't experience what God's designed for you in life as you run unless you're running to know Jesus with all your might. Let me just repeat those, those, those thoughts as Paul writes them elsewhere. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. 
He says, what is more, I consider everything in life that I've lost a simple loss compared to surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. But I consider everything I used to value but I've now lost simply rubbish so that I may gain or know Christ. Paul said, I've run most of my life for all the wrong things. Everything I valued, I've now lost. And you know what I've realized? There's only one thing valuable. It's knowing Christ. That's the only thing worth running for. And you know, most of us run really hard every single day of our lives, but we're not running to know Christ more. We're running to get more stuff, and it's messing us up. Knowing Jesus is the common element of all of our running. And yet, if you look at our lives... Most of us don't have as the center of our run Jesus. Look at another passage, Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 through 24. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me. The truth is, many of us are running for the wrong things in life. We're running after the wrong things in life. And God even points them out because these three things highlight it. We're running to be the wisest, the smartest people in the room. We're running to be the strongest, the most powerful people in the room. We're running to be the richest, the, the, the people who are most blessed financially in the world. And God says, none of that's worth running for. You want to run for something important, run to know and understand me. That's the only thing that counts. So if we're going to experience God's best, we have to run the right race, the one that's marked out for us, but there's a common element we share knowing Jesus needs to be at the center. Can I ask you this last week? In all that you were doing, was Jesus at the center of all of it? Every choice, every activity, every focus? Mm, It's just not usually true of us. Not usually true of me. No wonder we're missing God's best. And by the way, there's another common element. In all of our races, though the course is different that God's laid out for each of us, at the core of it, once we know Jesus, everything we run for should be to make Jesus known to others. Every piece of it. I mean, look at again how the Bible says it. Paul, who talked about us competing in the games and running the race marked out for us. Look at Acts 20, verse 24. He says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. I'm living my life without the value God intends for me unless I finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news, the gospel of God's grace. I have to share God's grace. I have to make Jesus known or I'm running the wrong race. And the same is true for us. Acts 1.8 tells us that that when we're given God's Spirit, what we become are His witnesses. That's, once we know Jesus, there's only one other thing that we need to truly care about, and that's making Jesus known. That's how darkness goes to light. So the common elements in all of our running needs to be knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And I'm telling you, as I retrace the steps of my run this last week, I'm going to tell you, not all of it's obviously pursuing knowing Jesus, and not all of it's obviously pursuing helping Jesus get known by others. Is that same thing true of you? And yet, where's God in my life? Why is God showing up? I want God's best. How come I'm not experiencing His promises? How come I'm not experiencing His presence? How come, where's God? How come others are doing blah, 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 and we're comparing and doing all this? And it's because 
we're running the wrong race. We're running after the wrong things. And we need to get this right. And I'm challenging you, join me in assessing the life you're living and the race that you're running. And if Jesus isn't at the center, and if making him known isn't at the center, let's change what we're living for. And you know what'll happen? If we change what we're living for, we'll change what we experience in life. Put Jesus at the center. Now, there are some unique experiences of the race for each and every one of us. And, and the, the sad thing is, it's the unique things to our race that we're often trying to copy each other on. You see, we, we have unique experiences unique to the race course God's given us. We have unique people in our lives according to the course that God's put us on. We have unique talents and gifts in our life. And, and here's the reason that's so cool. No one has a chance to run our race as well as we can. God's marked out a course that's perfect for me, which means I'm going to be the best runner on that course. My problem is I'm running on other people's courses where only they're the best people for that course. So I'm losing all the time. I'm failing all the time. I'm not equipped for that place. And so the race that God has given me is unique to me and perfect for me. If I run that race, I'm going to win. If I don't, I'm going to lose. If I run the race God's marked out for me, no one can compete. But if I, if I don't run the race marked out for me, I can't compete. And haven't you noticed most of us in life just aren't winning? It's because we're just not running the right race. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 18 through 20, God's comparing all of us as his people, his church, his body, to the physical body. And look what he says. He says, in fact, God has arranged all the parts in the body, every single different part of the body, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. He's saying, look it, we're all different parts. Some of us are feet, some of us are hands, some of us are eyeballs, but, but we all need to be different parts so that we can actually be something valuable. We all have been given different talents so that we can run our race the right way. If anyone tries to run my race, they'll fail, but if I try to run anyone else's race, I'll fail. The question is, which race am I running? The question is, which race are you running? Because life's a race, and God created us to run. But if we're going to experience God's best, we have to run the right race. But it doesn't stop there. These passages go further. Once we're running the right race, we have to run the right way. We have to run the right way. You know, there are right ways to run and wrong ways to run. This is really important. And anyone who's ever run, the people right now from Northridge who are running love runs, they, they, they had to be trained how to run. They had to be trained about their stride and about their breathing. And, and the same thing is true spiritually. If we're going to run to win, like Paul said, run to win the prize, then we have to run the right way. And I'm going to tell you, as I analyze my life, I'm usually running the wrong way. And so these passages give us some principles that I want to encourage you to start considering for your life. If we're going to experience God's best by running the right way, then we need to run with the right focus. It takes the right focus to, to run to win. When you run, um, and I'm talking about physically running, where you put your eyes is very, very important. I don't know if you knew this, but as a runner... As a run gets really, really hard, as, 
as maybe you're running up a hill and you're starting to struggle, there's this natural physical tendency to, to look down and it's a way to kind of bear down and try and get more strength so that you can kind of work up that hill and you can run. You know, you just bear down and you tighten everything up and you move. But you know what happens when you do that? You start closing off your air supply, which is absolutely essential for all the strength you need to run. And so the right way to run is you, instead of looking down to get strength, you look over the horizon and you look up so that you can keep the oxygen flow going and you can run up those hills and meet those challenges. You can keep going. You can press through the wall. Well, boy, does that apply spiritually. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews 12:2 about our running God's race. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. If our eyes are fixed on Jesus, which way are we looking, up or down? Yeah. By the way, if I'm looking at Jesus, you know who I'm not looking at? You. Which means I'm not bothered that you live in Southern California and claim to be serving Jesus. I'm looking at Jesus. And you know what else? When I'm looking at Jesus, you know what I'm not looking at? The difficulties, the hill, the problems, the obstacles. I'm looking at Jesus and I'm seeing he overcame every hill and every obstacle and he ran the race and I can run it too but I have to be looking at him. Too many of us are running this race. Thank you. That was tepid at best, but that was good. Thank you. Very encouraging this morning. All right. And I'm serious. Too many of us are looking at all the wrong things when we race. If you're going to run the right way, you've got to look to Jesus. And by the way, it goes further than just looking up so that you can keep the strength. You know, do you know Jesus is the finish line? Jesus is the end game? I mean, he's the goal. And if we're looking at anything else, then we're not running the race marked out for us. In fact, let me just tell you, if we're not looking at Jesus as we run, we're failing. It doesn't matter how big you are, how powerful, how wise, how rich. It doesn't matter what grace race tracks you run on. If you're not looking to Jesus, you're failing, which is why so many of us know we're failing. If we're going to experience God's best by running the right race in the right way, then we have to run with the right discipline. Discipline. I mean, look at Hebrews 12.1 again. This is all Bible. I'm not making any of this up. He says, man, if we're going to run the race, we have to throw off everything that hinders us from running the race God's marked out for us well, and we have to throw off the sin that so easily entangles us, and then we can run. And too many of us are just so bogged down by junk in running. We're not letting go of the baggage. We're not letting go of the dirt. We're not letting go of the darkness. Some of you are still thinking about that stupid game. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 Verse 25 through 27, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I, I beat my body down. I discipline it and make it my slave. I'm not a slave to my body's wants and cravings. I, I make it a slave to my priorities and values so that after I have proclaimed truth to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. In that stadium... They ran. But the only ones who really ever won 
were the ones who got rid of everything that hindered their running. And the same is true spiritually. We need to let go of everything and anything that hinders us in our race. You know, the unforgiveness, the hatred, the conflicts, the problems, the disappointments, the despair, the grief, the junk. We need to let go of everything and anything that hinders us in our race, that hinders us in knowing Jesus, and that hinders us in making Jesus known. And, and I have to tell you, for me, it's not always an issue of sin or doing wrong. Now, trust me, I, I've got a propensity to sin, and I have the propensity and the capacity to do wrong, and I, I have to be careful not to forget that if I'm not careful, I'll make wrong choices. But, but generally speaking, I, I'm, my race in life isn't being hindered by the big wrongs and the big sins. That's just not my deal. But, but you know what my real problem is? What hinders me in my race more than anything else? It's a it's the difference between what's good, what's better, and what's best. And I, I generally don't have a problem disciplining myself to do what's good. But I often have a problem disciplining myself to do what's best because you know what I have found? Good is easier than best. Have you ever found that? Good is easier than best. And very often we defend ourselves. Well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. There's nothing I'm doing wrong. I mean, I'm not, I'm not breaking any rules, breaking any rules. I'm not hurt. I'm not doing anything wrong. That's not even the question. The question is, are you running your best race? And that takes discipline. And often we're conflicted. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. God says through Paul, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? And I would tell you, that can happen so often. I can get a, man, I can get a good race going. And, I, and most of you probably too. Maybe some of you have never got a good race going. Maybe some of you have never really been running to know Jesus and running to make him known. But a lot of you have. And, and many of you, you know what it's like, man, when the race was just going well. You were in love with Jesus and you wanted other people to know the Jesus you loved and you were just living a very different life and then something happened. You know, you got off track. It's happened to me. And here's what Hebrews is telling us. Don't let anything or anyone get you off track to keep you from running your best race because if you do, you'll regret it forever forever. If we're going to experience God's best, then we have to run the right race in the right way, which means we need to run with the right motivation. We're all motivated by stuff, but very often I find in my life I'm motivated by the wrong stuff. I'm motivated by, by wanting people to affirm me or like me or lift me up or think good things of me instead of being motivated by the right things. No wonder I run the wrong race. I run the wrong race because people respect the wrong things in this world sometimes. They value the wrong things. They care about the wrong things. They celebrate the wrong things. And I want to be cared about and respected and celebrated. And so often I want to run the wrong race so people will celebrate me. But, but that's a messed up motivation. And you know, a lot of us are in the same thing. I just want someone to love me. You're going to run the wrong race. 
I just want someone to recognize me. You're going to run the wrong race. We need to run with the right motivation. Look at Hebrews 12, 2. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How did Jesus go to the cross? Jesus went to the cross because he didn't see the burden of the cross. He saw the joy that followed it the joy of sitting down at the right hand of God, the joy of seeing all of us have the potential to be free and redeemed and in heaven with him. And so, so he went through the hard part of the race in order that he could experience the joy of what came at the end. And that's what we have to do. Too many of us run the wrong race. We, we keep running downhill. We keep running away from the problems because we're looking for the most comfortable instead of looking for the joy set before us. We're running for the wrong motivations. Look at 1 Corinthians 9.25. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. In the video, just before I came to the talk, we showed you Delphi and how the laurel wreaths were etched in some of the, the buildings there. And that's what they gave to the runners who won. I mean, all that running and all that work, and they got a laurel wreath. Woo, a little bit of flower. That's awesome. And those laurel wreaths now become our Olympic rings, and that's kind of where it all flowed from. But those wreaths are long gone. They don't matter at all. But see, we don't run for a laurel wreath. We run for the pleasure of God, and the pleasure of God lasts forever. We need to run for the right motivation. Look at Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run the cloud of witnesses it's speaking of all those who have run for God before, who've run the right race, the one marked out for them, and, and run in the right way before. Hebrews 11 celebrates them in a huge way. And then Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, because we have so many who've run before us and they've run the right race and they've run the right way, let's listen to them. Let's be motivated by them. The cheers of the right crowd. This morning, as our friends and family are running Love Runs in Detroit, at the 11-mile marker of the marathon, and then again at the 17-mile marker of the marathon, we've set up cheering stations. I mean, they're flags, Love Runs Northridge Church, Love Runs Northridge Church, and, and all the family and all the friends and all the team members who have finished are going to gather at mile marker 11 and mile marker 17 to cheer on those who are running, to cheer them on. And you know, people, when they hit the 11 and 17, I mean, they'll be struggling and they'll be wanting to quit and they'll be hitting the wall and they'll be discouraged, but then they'll start hearing the cheering and they'll get motivated. And they'll keep moving forward because they're listening to the right cheers. They're listening to the right cheers. Well, the same is true for us in running the race that God's marked out for us. Do you realize that we're all running to the cheers of someone? But most of us are running to the wrong cheers, to the cheers of those who have cheated, who've gotten off the track, who are running the wrong race. We need to listen to the cheers of those who have run for God and said, I wanted to quit but didn't, and I don't regret it now because this is eternal. We need to listen to the right cheers. The question is, are we motivated by the right cheers or the wrong cheers? Are we listening to the right cloud of witnesses or the wrong cloud? If we're going to run the right race in the right way and experience God's best, then we have to run, these passages teach us, with the right goal. 
And the right goal, none of this mamby-pamby Christian pious junk that people talk about. None of this modern political correctness where everybody's a winner no matter what they do. Bull roar. Or bull something else. It's just not true. Do you know what the right goal in running is? I'm going to tell you what it is. To win. It is a spiritual thing to run to win, but it's an unspiritual thing to run to win the wrong race. And too many of us are running to win the wrong race. We care more about Michigan, Michigan State, than Jesus and heaven. And we need to get over ourselves. Because games are games, but eternity is eternity. And we need to run the right race, the right way, for the right goal. To win for God, right? To win for God. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Run in such a way as to get the prize Run to win and to win for me doesn't mean to win against you. It doesn't mean to compete with the pastor down the street or the church down the road. It's, it's not about competing with other people. To win for me and to win for you is simply to run the race that God has marked out for us individually and collectively as a church, not to run some other individual or church's race, to, to then complete the race marked out for us. Look at Acts 20, 24 again. I consider my life worth nothing to me unless I finish the race God's given me. And look what he says in 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 through 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. That is a sentence that is so pregnant with meaning. I have finished the race. What race? The one of knowing Jesus. The one of making Jesus known. The one that was marked out for me. And look at the result. Look what, look what this great cloud of witnesses says. Now, because I've finished the race and kept the faith, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. Not the crowns, the wreath things that people got back then that rotted, but the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will hand to me, award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who've longed for his appearing, for those who've run the right race in the right way. Man, we need to have the right goal to win the race marked out for us by God. Because when we receive His pleasure, everything we've ever longed for comes true. Everything. But if we don't, nothing we've always longed for will ever come true. Which race are you running? The right one? Which way are you running? The right way? Now there are two keys. God's Word in these passages lay out clearly that if we're going to run the right race the right way, if we're going to do all the stuff about running our life the way God intended it, there are two keys, and the first one is this, faith. We have to run our lives by faith. I mean, faith is one of these, these offshoot things that we talk about when we come to a service like this, but faith is the whole key. Look at Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, who run the right race in the right way. It takes faith. Do you realize no matter how hard you run, you can't run your race without putting your full faith in Jesus? You can't do it. You need to put your full faith in Jesus because you've already blown it. You're, you've, already, you've already broken both legs spiritually and both arms spiritually and you're laying in the middle of the track. You can't run. For all of us have sinned and fall short of God's glory, but 
But Jesus came and died on that cross to pay the penalty of our sin, and he rose again so he could give us new legs and new arms and a new body so that we can run the race that God marked out for us, but we'll never be able to run until we have those new legs and new arms and that new body. We need to put our faith in Jesus because that's the key. Have you ever done that? It's where it starts. And so just before... I finish this talk. I'm going to ask, and I, please honor this moment, wherever you're listening to it. I'm going to ask if you just bow with me in a word of prayer, just for a moment. And if you've never taken the step of putting your faith in Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to say this prayer, but I'm going to encourage you to take it and make it your prayer to God in your heart. And just say, God, I, I want to run the race you made me to run, but I've already blown it sinned against you. I've failed. But Jesus, I trust that you died for me and rose again. And I'm asking you to forgive my sin and make me new. Help me to run for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed with me, please let us know. We've put together a letter about next steps that you can take, and all you have to do if you're in one of our services is take out the program we gave you and rip out the connection card and fill it out and then check that circle at the bottom that says that you trusted Jesus and then put it in a box or hand it to a guest service person as you're leaving, and we will send you information. If you're watching online, just hit the What Next button. We'll do the same thing for you. But to, to run the race the right race, the right way, once we have faith in Jesus, takes then faithfulness. Faithfulness. Look at Hebrews 12.1. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. We have to keep running by faith. Galatians 6.9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. When you're at mile marker 11 of life's race, listen for the cheers of God's people who've run before you and keep running. When you get to mile marker 17, listen to the cheers of God's people who've run before you and keep running because with faith and faithfulness we experience God's best. And I want to encourage you this week as you live your life to remember life's a race. Races aren't easy. Races aren't convenient. Races come with all kinds of obstacles. Life's a race, and God created you to run. And if you're going to run in life and experience God's best, you need to run the right race in the right way, and in the end, when you do, you'll experience God's best, and you'll have no regrets. And I just really want to encourage you, if God's working on your life and you'd like to pray with someone or you have questions, to when I end this service, to come forward in all of our environments and sit up front when everyone else is leaving and our prayer team would be glad to pray with you and talk with you and it'd be our privilege to be a part of your life. If you have other questions, just let us know. We'd love to be a help. Don't forget, knowing Jesus and making him known is at the center of the race. And we right now have a great opportunity to make Jesus known with the glory of Christmas. Go to northridgechurch.com slash gloryofchristmas, buy tickets, spend your God-given money on buying tickets for people who need Jesus because that's the race we're supposed to be running, introducing people to Jesus. Be inviting people to church every week of your life because they need the Jesus that we talk about here. And be praying for those doing love runs. And more than anything, run the right race in the right way. And together, let's experience God's best. So glad you were here. Thanks, everybody.